0: FEMINIST FUNK Today, our fed-up feminists discuss... DEATH Death threat. THREAT This is a content warning. Our podcast about death threat will mention an account of childhood sexual violence. Hi everyone, I'm Mel. And I'm Ashley. Welcome to Feminist Funk.
1: Today we're going to be talking about Vivek Shreya's graphic novel, Death Threat.
0: Vivek Shraya is a trans woman who received a death threat and then turned it into a graphic novel. If you haven't read her book, please do so, so that you can follow along with this podcast. We have a lot of topics today that we're going to cover. Mostly we're going to be talking about the color palette, the physical aspects of the book. Then we're going to talk about how she initially tries to manage the fear from the death threat. We're going to talk about the... Fear of going to the police, a bit of symbolism in the book, aspects of femininity, and then some
1: other traumatic symptoms. We'll try to talk a little bit about like trolls on the internet.
0: To be honest, I was a little disappointed. The book didn't explore the consequences of trauma as much as I would have liked. But at the same time, I know it's her first graphic
1: novel, I know that they were rushed
0: Mm -hmm. for the deadline, I was a little disappointed, but
1: overall I do like the book. No, I think it has its merits. I think one of the interesting things about it is it's also her trying to deal with the death threat through the novel itself, right? It's Mm -hmm. kind of a healing process. It's a very um, Alice in Bechdel kind of thing yeah. for a graphic novel to be critical of its own creation. Though, though what about the art didn't appeal to you because you're you mm. seem bothered by it. So, like, mm. let's talk about that
0: first. The color palette. Mm-hmm. It was a lot of primary colors, mm-hmm. and it's supposed to be uncomfortable. It's a death threat, yeah. But it was so uncomfortable to look at for me, not because of the contents, but the mm-hmm. color. I didn't want to read it. Honestly, it really reminded me of Mission Hill, the TV show from the 90s, which used a neon color palette. Oh, God, yeah. And the first time I tried to watch it, I was like, hell no. And then I rewatched it, and I was like, oh, this show is actually really good, but I see why it got canceled, because the neon color palette is horrible on your eyes, and it <laughs> takes a while to get used to it. So yeah, I get what, they, what she was trying to do with the color palette, but I really didn't enjoy it. And then there's the surrealist aspect. Now, surrealism is a great way to talk about trauma because you can distance yourself from the horrific actions and stuff. You can imply a lot of stuff. But when something is so surrealist that you have no idea what the fuck is going on, again, that goes against, like, aren't you trying to communicate something here? (laughs) Or maybe I just didn't get it. There seems to be a lot of spirituality in the book, and I'm not that familiar with that kind of spirituality... So those were
1: my issues that I had with the, the art style of the book. I actually found the art style really, really fascinating. Like, I've been going more traditional recently with my stuff. I've been uh, reading some, like, Gay Delisle. I had read um, Fun Home by Alison Bechtel. Like, they're they're not surreal in any way. <laughs> they're all very kind of, like, down-to-earth, kind of cartoony. Was fun, too, though. It, oh, no, it was extremely fun. But, it, like, this was very, very different from that. And I had to wonder if, like, maybe... Because it was such a short read as well, like you barely have time to process everything before it's over. It's true. I like. I don't know if it would have been helpful if it would have been longer. I feel like maybe it was more realistic the way that it was kind of chunked together. That's the way that surrealism kind of works. And there was this like steady flow throughout the thing. Like everything kind of bled into each other, which is interesting because blood is such a strong yes. image in it.
0: I, oh, what I love about trauma is the after effects. I love knowing mm-hmm. how people react to it. How do people manage it? For me, it was a lot of just, this is how I responded. With the death threats, this is yeah. what was happening as I was getting them. Yeah. Okay, but what did you do to get over it? How did you talk to people about it? There yeah. was a little bit about that. That's what was the most fascinating for me. I really wish that she would have explored a little
1: more. Yeah.
0: Like, how how was she like a couple months down the line? How was she a year down the line? You know, yeah. I've, honestly, I feel like the project. I really don't want to be mean, and I did like the book, but honestly,
1: it just felt rushed to me. Yeah, I think it was interesting in one sense is that like the so much of the focus was almost on her relationship with the troller. I was thinking about the when the troller is this like black kind of cloud that's like squiggled out. If they're given a shape, it's usually like a troll doll. But what's interesting is red very quickly becomes like an essential color. The screen of the uh, Victoria's phone, from which she like reads the message for the first time, is like, red. but like, after the message is sent, and so like, there's this like, ominous element to it. Her head catches on fire. <laughs> yeah, and at would point, like the troll
0: becomes fire, so her hair is the fire, but the troll
1: is the fire, so the troll is her hair? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> Some interesting confluences there, and like between the the troll and her, and like how that kind of connects. I wonder if, because of this use of primary color, like, some of the surrealism was lost because it seems very, like, right. almost kid-like in a way. You know what? It's very utilitarian. Beyond the fire thing. You're not questioning, like, oh, what is it that I'm looking at? Like, the yeah, troll exactly. is literally a troll doll. It's like, exactly. okay. Yeah. The fire, I found interesting because the one thing that sort of stuck with me in that sense, or, like, the way I interpreted it was that the troll was a fire starter, right? That's why, like, the troll was fire. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. (laughs) And then, like, it starts as, like, a spark, right? And then, like, over time, the flame becomes consuming.
0: Her hair is on fire when she's crying. But I remember the contrast of the tears, like a river. And the tears
1: putting out the fire. It did. One of the things that I had taken note of, after the call with her mother, where her mother's like, "No, we love you, we support you, you're such a good daughter, and we're so proud of what you are doing, and she cries that river... She pries onto her computer. Yeah, and the computer, like, fizzes out. Which is the source of the fire, right? Because, like, they never see each other face to face. true, true. Yeah, so in a way, it kind of, it doesn't fully put out the fire, but symbolically, that's what's happening. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite pages was the one where she's
0: being hunted, and she's a deer. Mm -hmm. I loved the dark blues, and that only she stuck out the yellow of her hair, the red of her shirt or dress, I forget which one it was, but I remember looking at it and being like, what a beautiful page. Another reason why I really like the hunter page is because she's a deer. She has little antlers. Male deers have antlers. So you could read it that way as a kind of insult. I like to read it instead as a metaphor for spirituality. For the Celts, deer also represented motherly love and gentleness. Gentleness is very much associated with femininity. So she's being hunted because she is very spiritual. She loves who she is. She has her mother's love, despite the fact that she's trans and she's gentle. She's feminine. That's true. I don't know if
1: (laughs) if this was all intentional or not, but it is there. So we shall analyze it. But anyway, yeah, no, the It's interesting to see how femininity plays into the story. One of my favorite lines, and I don't remember it specifically, uh, is she says that, isn't it just a quintessential part of being a woman on the internet to be trolled effectively, right?
0: The line is... Doesn't being trolled on the internet go hand in hand with being
1: feminine? We live in an age where Gamergate was a few years ago, like, that's such a good example. Women, they are always under the threat of being doxxed, of, well, getting rape threats, really. The threat of threat is a bit of a weird thing, but you have that idea. Like, one wrong step, and you can be attacked just like that. Your livelihood could be threatened, your safety could be threatened. Your family could be threatened. Your family could be threatened. Like, so many different things. And this is... Something that a lot of women on the internet are constantly aware of. um, Which is why I think you often have like dichotomies of like presumed female male spaces on the internet, which is like mind boggling because it's the internet. There are certain corners of Tumblr that I'm on where a lot of people act as if Tumblr is almost like an exclusive female space, whereas Reddit is like an exclusive male space, which is not the case at all. Or like incel communities, for example. No, you're not going to see a woman on an incel community. So like that's a male corner of the internet. If you go into comic book spaces, some people will assume that you're a man. Mm-hmm. Um, so, just like that kind of thing, like let alone dealing with kind of trans issues on the mm-hmm. internet, like that's a whole other bag of worms and is just so sticky. The internet is not a safe it, it's, it is a safe space, and so you can find your community, find your tribe, but it's also a very dangerous space oh, at the absolutely. same time.
0: I love that quote too because to me it really illustrates why feminism needs to include trans women. Mm-hmm. Because even though we might start in different places in our lives we have these experiences because of our femininity because we live in this patriarchy yeah so trans women they're not trying to take your voice they're not trying to speak for you they're Mm -hmm.
1: a voice among many for women that needs to be heard Mm -hmm. speaking of kind of the trans experience, but also the person of, like, the people of color experience. Right, yes. How that plays into the police situation, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone tells her, oh, you should, like, file a complaint. But she doesn't trust the police because in her mind, they'll just turn this on her, right? And that's the fear of so many people of color because they will not believe you unless you're white. One of the things that was really interesting about this book was how
0: similar it was to sexual violence trauma. The vast majority of women who experience sexual assault or violence do not go to the police, including me. I did not go to the police. It took me a long time to realize, wait, I was raped? (laughs) Even if you have evidence, so many police officers, so many judges, unfortunately are these sexist men who have it. Oh, why didn't you just cross your legs? Hmm. Do you
1: understand how biology works? <laughs> Again, that American senator was like, women have a biological way of preventing pregnancy. God, what a fu- And red. we just... Oh, God. <laughs> what I find so fascinating is, and like this is so topical, is the inclusion of Donald Trump. I flipped my shit when I saw that.
0: My inner historian was like what a wonderful little snapshot (laughs) of history for the next generation. Like, how amazing that the next generations are going to have this book and Mm -hmm. they're going to see for themselves, from a personal narrative, what impact having Donald Trump as a president did to society. Because it's one thing to read about history in textbook, blah, blah, blah. But when you have a personal narrative, Mm -hmm. a face to it, it becomes real. And so that was, I know that it was only included... Of the death threat, it was mentioned in the death threat. But I am so happy that they drew a picture of him and they made it a big
1: deal because it is a big deal. This is his legacy and not just in the United States, this Mm -hmm. is in Canada as well. He's impacting people. It is, it is. He's impacted, like I'm sure, on a much larger global scale than just North America, but this is what he's done, right? He's not only made people more racist. He's made people transphobic. He's made them homophobic. He's, like, just increased all of these terrible things. Sexist as well. Like, mm-hmm. just all of these different things. He's heightened that. And he's given these people a microphone, yeah, effectively. platform. Exactly. And so, no wonder she doesn't trust the police. No wonder Works. she doesn't trust authority figures. Because if the President of the United States is like this, who's to say that, like, everyone else below him, not only just in the United States, but in Canada as well, like, as authority figures right. can do the same? So yeah, no, I, I think it's so interesting that again, Donald Trump was included, and whoever the person who sent the death threat was, was using this religious symbolism as well. Like there was almost this appeal to Vivek's. I mean, I honestly I don't know much about her spirituality. I don't like it had to do with Hinduism. They're mentioning the Dharma or Buddhism as well, depending. But it's usually Hinduism. But this person seemed to understand the religion like that's weird and they use it as part of their argument I wonder honestly when I read it I thought okay so they are of
0: the same religion because they understand it really well and they must think that she's a disgrace to the religion or something Yeah, that exactly. was what I
1: thought when I first read it
0: mm-hmm.
1: and then they go ahead and they start quoting Donald Trump uh, what the fuck man so like, sorry like, but like honestly what the fuck yeah. so is either someone who did a lot of research just to put down the that or they are a person of color who is actually religious, and yet also somehow supports a white supremacist. And I'm just like, okay. <laughs> I wanted to go back to the humor for yes.
0: a minute. When she first gets the death threats, she sends them to her friends. It's like, haha, like, isn't this stupid? And that's play theory. So in other words, she's trying to use humor to diffuse the fear that she's feeling. And again, this is something the sexual violence survivors do. I myself do it a lot when I'm talking about my trauma stories. I thought it was interesting. The one last thing I wanted to talk about is when she talks about when the troll ghosts her. And she says, didn't you want me to die anymore? Had you moved on to someone else? There's a hint of jealousy there. Like, oh, I'm not special anymore you know yeah and that's something that's also very common with especially child survivors of sexual abuses when their abuser moves on to another target oh i'm not special anymore or i forget there is a comedian that mentioned this i don't remember her name but she jokes about her sexual violence experience so she was groped when she was a kid by like some boys or something at school and, of course, she felt shame and all of the regular, you know, trauma stuff. But she also felt a sense of pride that she was chosen and not her friend. It was like they were both very pretty girls, and it was like a competition for them. So the fact that they, quote-unquote, thought she was more attractive than the other one, so attractive that they groped her, that gave her a boost of self-confidence. And so I feel like it's a kind of a similar thing here. It might not even be a conscious thing. No. But, you know, a lot of famous people just get death threats and stuff. So not only is it like you're getting threats because of your femininity, but it also means that you're big enough of a
1: name to get death threats in the first place. And I think it's interestingly complicated by the fact that she had decided to write the book at that point, right? So mm. I think at the point that it comes in in the graphic novel, she has decided like, okay, I'm going to write this book. And I'm going to turn this into an experience. And I'm going to communicate this experience to other people. And then there's no contact. Until the cease and desist letter. The cease and desist letter, which is like <laughs> wall. There is something at play there, because it is interesting that the pers- the troll who sends the death threats mentions that, like, oh, all the neighbors in my neighborhood are saying that Vivek should wow. be a man. And I'm like, I don't think so. You're just saying this. I
0: felt it was more like they're friends because birds of a feather flock together. Yeah, that's yeah it's I more logical. It. Or yeah. maybe they're just in a
1: very, like, queer-phobic part of <laughs> Quebec. So, you know, I mean, I think that that's possible that maybe there was a subconscious thing kind of going on. Mm-hmm. And it mixed in with, like, factors like the troll that said, like, oh, all well, my neighbors. so Like, that kind of makes it even grander. And mm-hmm. then the fact that the book was going to be done and, like, oh, I want more material mm mm-hmm. um, So, like, a little bit of those three things sort of mm-hmm. created a trifecta of, like, the ghosting being a sad thing. Yes. One of the things I thought was really interesting had to do with the ending. Yes. And, like, the troll's role in the ending. So, one of the troll's letters from earlier on about getting in tune with your spirituality and you have to go see kind of a leader within the religious community and they'll tell you what to do and they'll put you in a mud hut and then you'll commune with the universe uh, is reused for the final bit, right? But has been a funeral. And I think what's interesting to show is that you have a... It's a death threat, right? And so, in theory, the person who sends the death threat wants you dead. But what happens at the very end is that even though Vivek is symbolically dead in that scene, the troll is still sending them letters. And some people just need to put other people down order to feel good, because it'll just, like, boost yeah, them, right? Exactly. So, and, like, that's kind of what MAGA is as well. Like, a lot of the Trump supporters... Like, so some of them do come from, like, this bad economic place, and so they're relying on him for that. And then mm-hmm. other people just don't feel good about themselves. And he's allowing, oh. he basically points to a scapegoat and he's like, these people are at Yeah, exactly. Right? Yeah. So if one scapegoat was gone, there would be another one. And yep, another absolutely. one. And so it never really ends. And that's the thing with trolls, right? Or that's the thing with this kind of troll that sends hate mail. So <laughs> final grade time, guys. So before I get into this, I'm actually really not sure what to grade this as. I think this book occupies a really interesting space in my mind. I've realized this happens with a lot of the stuff I consume recently. In the sense of, like, I enjoy the content, but at the same time, I'm not sure how to feel about it. And I feel like I need time to almost process it. So I almost want to say, like, a temporary mark. Mm. I think some things take a while to really sit in you, and you need time to process them and really think about Mm. them and really, like, munch on them. Uh, percolate whatever food metaphor you want to use for this particular Mm -hmm. instance so for the time being I'm going to give it a funky B, because I enjoyed a large part of it I do think that again there could have been more space devoted to it if there had been more time I would have loved to have read 150 pages of this so like that's the big thing like I would have loved to have seen more I think the colors were very interesting and we we realized they had some symbolic potential Mm -hmm. And I like this sort of peek into the troll mindset and how it affects people. I just wanted it to have more space.
0: For me, it would have to be a funky B minus slash B. Not exactly a B minus, not exactly a B. Now, to be fair, that's just because I was so excited to read this graphic novel, and I had such high hopes for it, so I might be a little harsher on it than I am on other things it felt rushed it was a little disappointing to me it was too short like ash was saying I I I wanted more you know I get the thing about the colors but it was too much for my eyes I thought that the representation of the troll with the black marks was fine A problem with doing something like that is if somebody does it better than you, it makes it look not as good. And BoJack has my all-time favorite version of that, where Beatrice can't remember Henrietta's face, Mm -hmm. and it's constantly shifting, and it's so brilliant and memorizing. And then they are troll dolls. You know, Mm. it's, like, it would be good for high school. I would have liked it to be a little bit more challenging. I was kind of expecting something like The Max or Jokes in the Unconscious. The surrealism was just a little too
1: surrealist for my personal taste. I think it's a good first for Ray for her. One of the things I thought was interesting is um, I read an interview that they both gave. And they were talking a lot about the creative process and how they kind of had to work together to kind of realize a vision and how difficult that was. But I think one of the interesting moments for me, and that kind of explains the whole like kind of crossed out thing for the troll, is that in the past on the internet, trolls would hide their faces. And so I think this is kind of meant to replicate it, but it's weird in an age of the internet where people don't do that anymore. They either, like, show up as anonymous, which is, like, again, sort of a similar thing that there's just no image, or they're, like, even willing to just be themselves. And I think there's a realness now to, like, the internet and when it comes to people being trolls. Yeah. To an extent. To an extent. I don't think that's universal, but, like, there is a certain realness. Absolutely. Especially as a marginality, because you're already terrified of people.
0: Yeah. And then just random fucking-ass people are sending you threats, even if you're not getting any. Just being on the internet... It's scary because you know it could happen. For example, somebody recently asked us a question on Twitter about uh, our first book, The Bum Drum Conundrum, which teaches kids about consent. And I felt like they were grilling me. They were asking a lot of questions. And I showed my boyfriend, I was like, should I answer? And he was like, I don't know if this is genuine or not. I don't know if they're trying to set you off. I don't know. I was like, I'm going to give them... The benefit of a doubt. Mm-hmm. But I was afraid. I was afraid of getting lashed at. And every time that I like checked Twitter, I held my breath because I was like, oh God, is this the day where I get hate mail because I'm a very sensitive person and I can't handle it. <laughs> and then it turns out that the guy was actually just curious and he had a kid and... You know, he wanted to know how do you talk to kids about consent because consent is very sexualized. That doesn't have to be. Mm-hmm. You know, like in the Bundrum, we use the metaphor of a game of tag for consent. Yeah. That's touching. It's not sexual.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But the point is, being
1: feminine on the internet is terrifying. It is. <laughs> Being a marginality of, like, especially being trans and being a person of color and Mm -hmm. being a woman. I can't even imagine. Yeah. Being on the internet. And not only that, she's also a professor, right? You said? So she's in a public setting. Mm -hmm. And, like, you don't know who your students are going to be. Anybody can walk into the university. It's true. It's a scary thing. Mm -hmm. It's a very scary thing. And, like, yes, we're in Canada and it happens less, but, like, it's... It's still...
0: Yeah. I mean, you saw those threats were coming from the address was in Ontario, and... The neighbors uh, make Viveca a man again in Quebec, so it happens. Well, that's all for now. Thank you. Bye.